This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. The following presentation was recorded live by eshaudio.com. When we speak of HaKadosh Baruch as king of the Bria, we say it's not a pasuk, it's a collection of psukim, but it's been put together as a sort of a tefillah. Hashem Melech, Hashem Moloch, Hashem Yimlech. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is king, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was king, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be king. It's not chronological, it's not, it's not a chronological statement. It's not historical. It's, in other words, we don't mean to say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was also once upon a time king, and will also once upon a time be king. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is above time, which means the past, like we, as we started before, we spoke about the Breshis. The past adds up into the present. The word Zikorin doesn't mean a memory, it means a memorial. In other words, the past continues to live somewhere in the present. We speak about Schus Avais. We're not relating to the fact that Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov did something good. Therefore, keep the memory up. Memory, by nature, is very short-lived. We are the children of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Within us, and again, we've discovered, I mean, since we've discovered genes, this was something that was obvious. I have something in me of a past of, of, of a few thousand years. Avram, Yitzchok, and Yaakov still exists in us. It might be minute, it might be very minute, but that still exists in every, in every Jew. So when we speak of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's kingdom of past, we don't mean that he was Melech. We mean today there is a Malchus of that which was. HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings into the Bria also those things that, that, that were once upon a time, that are, that are history to us, that are, that are gone. They, it, 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 on the day when HaKadosh Baruch Hu will reveal his Malchus, all these things become alive again. We see it in a mini form. On Rosh Hashanah, when, when, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings back every person's memory, and he judges the person as comprising of the year's events. He's not judged as on that split second. He's judged as a composite of a year's worth of events. Zechreinus on its, on its largest scale is where HaKadosh Baruch Hu today is Moloch. HaKadosh Baruch Hu today has the, has, brings in from the Bracious to what happened now as part of Kali Yisrael today. And we speak of Hashem Yimloich, we speak of Hashem will be a king. Again, it's not, we're, not telling, we're not saying something that will happen, a future event. As we spoke before, within our context of, of, of existing existence, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is bringing forth day by day the Geula. We don't perceive it. Maybe we can't perceive it. It's hidden. It says, the Pasim Daniel says that things about the Geula are sealed and hidden. There's nothing that, 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 is, that, we, can, that we can understand about it. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu's future Malchus is already in the working. HaKadosh Baruch Hu told us to Meshur Abenu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Meshur Abenu. He asked him, what is your name? He told him, Eke, I shall be. That is what my name is. So Rashi says, what does that mean? In every Golos of Kali Yisrael, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name is, I shall be. In other words, today his name is, I shall be. And, and the Lashon Chazal is, I am preparing myself to be. No, a Golos does not mean an absence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
it means where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in a stage of preparing his Malchus. When we speak of, 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 of Shafris, the Shafer is that which brings to life those things that are dormant. The Rambam says that, that uh, a Shafer says, wake up sleeping people. Someone who's sleeping is not dead. He's there in potential. He's there in, in, a, in, a, in a dormant sense. And, uh, and whatever is in him is ready to spring out. It needs an awakening. A, a, a shafer, a blast of a horn, is, 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 is it's something which awakens people. It's something which is used to bring people together. It says that it was used, the shafer is always seen as that which brings the future out in the present. It's those things that exist already of the of the uh, of, of those seeds, those 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 germs of that future malchus are present in different parts of the bria, and it's a question of bringing them out, developing them, bringing them to life. And that's why we have the shayfa of Mashiach. The, a shayfa is shaped that way halachically. You must keep the shayfa where the small part is the beginning and the broad part is is the, is the end. In other words, shayfa represents a process of from the point. Becoming the, 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 the fullness of Shaifa. So, the Mail on Rosh Hashanah, when we speak of the Breshis of Akarish Baruchu, the first thing we affirm is that the Bria is one unit. And Akarish Baruchu is Melech. And when we spell that Kishem, that, that the, the two Brachas that we make today shall become one Bracha, the Vahay Hashem Lamelcha Kala Oretz, we bear to mind the, the Zechreinis, the taking in. Of everything, nothing ever got lost. Nothing that a, that a person did. He, a, per, a person did a mitzvah. A person went to a town somewhere, tried to accomplish something. It didn't work out. He died unrecognized, unknown, unaccomplished. Everything remains. Every zikaron that ever was, anything a person ever did of worth, of merit, if it doesn't find itself today, there'll come a day when Hashem Molach, when, when the past will show itself in the present. And when Mispaul for Vayabayim Ahu, Yutaka B'Shayfa Godel, and Akashbo will bring together everybody in Yerushalayim. Last year we spoke a little bit, I think, um, on Erev Hashanah, spoke about Mayrev, Sachayinu Lechayim. We mentioned a few points last year, more on the early part of the davening, on Mayrev Shachis. Um, I want a little more the Musaf and Tkir Shaifa, which is actually the central part of the davening on Rosh Hashanah. I wanted a little bit to go into it a little bit more. First of all, we have the, the Tfilah of Rosh Hashanah is unique. The Musaf of Rosh Hashanah is unique in the fact that it's the only Musaf that does not serve as a uh, it doesn't serve as a substitute for carbonis. Every musaf, the actual musaf is a carbon. What what we want is a carbon, except that if there's no carbon the terrorists we we supply uh, a tefillah as a replacement for carbon. The musaf of Rosh Hashanah itself it has in it the element of the carbon, the beginning part of it, but the rest of it is something that stands in its own right. And the Gemara learns it from a Pasik. It's, it's not a Dairais, obviously, but it's certainly a Rabbanan based on this Pasik. That the Torah said, say 
Malchias, Zechronis, and Shafis for me on this day. So that you have the saying of Malchias, Zechronis, and Shafis is an accomplishment in itself. It has a purpose in itself, and it's not just as a remembrance for carbon. I don't think there's any other time when we have tefillah in such a form. Every other form of tefillah is either bakasha or and a replacement for tefillah. This in itself, the proclamation on Rosh Hashanah of Malchus, Zechonis, and Shafis is meaningful in itself. The question is, what's the connection? It seems to be three things put together at random. The Gemara says, the Lush and the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah and Tassayan, the Imru Lefanai, Rosh Hashanah, the Gemara makes a parallel of the karbanas we bring every other yontiv, in other words, Bikurim and uh, Nishamayim, to Musaf Rosh Hashanah. You know, Musaf Rosh Hashanah in its own right is on, on par with karbanas, which itself is interesting. Not only is it not a substitute, but on Rosh Hashanah, saying something is as good as doing it on another yontiv. The Lashon is... Imru lefanai Rosh Hashanah Malchias Zechonis and Shoifris Malchias Kedeshatam Luchuni Aleichem Malchias you should say so that you should make Hakadosh Baruch Hu you should crown Hakadosh Baruch Hu on you coronate him Zechonis you should say Zechonis Kedeshayala Zechoneichem lefanai letoiva so that you will be remembered for good or Bameh and how b'shoifah. There doesn't seem to be anything, any point that seems, seems to be, the last two are actually one. The Gemara says, you say Zechreinus through Shafris. But what's the connection of, 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 of the two parts? I mean, they're all fine things. Make HaKash Baruch Melech, be remembered Latoiv. And how do you remember Latoiv Shafris? I mean, it's one, it's one Musaf, it's not three Tfilas. And not only that, but Lahalacha. The Halacha is, the Gemara at the end of Rosh Hashanah says, if you know, if a person is stuck without a machsa and he remembers only part of the tefillah by heart, the Allah is he should not say it. In most other cases, things are not, for instance, on a tiny tzibur, if a person, there, there, there are brachas there that Chazal were masakin on a tiny tzibur that we don't have today anymore, but when, in the time of Beisamikdash, when there was no rain in Eretz Israel, you could have a tiny tzibur. It was even after Beisamikdash, but not now, not today. There are, there are, there are brachas that you say, and the Gemara says, they're not ma'akif. If a person remembers half of them, he should say half of them. There's no reason why any one part should be ma'akif the other. In Rosh Hashanah, the Gemara says, the brachas are ma'akif zuasu. There's no point in saying malchias if you don't know zechreinus and shayfris. There's no point in saying zechreinus and shayfris if you don't know malchias. And it's strange because l'churif, as far as we're concerned, each one is a unit, a unit that's meaningful in its own right. Proclaiming HaKadosh Baruch Hu's king is a fine thing, even if you're not asking that you be remembered for good. So, so you see from the halacha, from the Gemara, and that's the halacha that's passed in Shukharach, you see clearly that it's one unit, not divisible. It's an indivisible unit. Malchias, Sechrenis, and Shafris are three aspects of one thing or, or a continuation of some sort, and therefore one without the other is meaningless. And the question is try to understand what is exactly, what is the Malchus, what is the Zechonis, what is the Shafris. One more point. In the davening, we say that Hayoim Haras Oilam, today the world was conceived. We say Zehayoim Tchilas Masecha, today is the beginning of Maisabrashis. And truth is, even if we hold the world was created on Tishrei, the world started at Chafhei Elul. And it's only man that was created on Rosh Hashanah.
Roshan marks, so in what way do we say that today is the beginning of your Maisim? Or even more than that, today is when the world was conceived. Meaning that this is the very beginning of the world. If it's only man that was created, how do we say that this is the beginning? The Gemara said as a Kasha, if you hold that the world's created Nisan. But even if you hold the world is created Tishrei, how is this day a beginning for, for, for the Bria? It's only a beginning for man. Okay, so let's try, let's try to understand the concept Melech that we use a lot here. The concept of Melech and Malchus, which Rosh Hashanah is full of. In order to understand it, let's try to distinguish it from another similar concept. We find that Odoin and Eved are frequently used as a description of Akadosh Baruch Hu and Klal Yisrael, or the Bria. Akadosh Baruch Hu is master, the Bria is servant. Akadosh Baruch Hu is almighty, we're powerless. What, what unique aspect does Melech have in it? What is the difference between an Adnan and an Eved and a Melech and an Am? If anything, we would tend to think that an Adon and an Eved is a much stronger and sharper contrast than a Melech and a, and, and a people living in a kingdom, even if the king is, is uh, let's say, relatively omnipotent, he has, is all-powerful, but the people are not slaves, they're not servants. The distinction between a master and a servant seems to be much sharper than a king and a subject. So why is it Rosh Hashanah, when we're trying to pick the title to describe the relationship, one would think that you would pick the extreme. You would go to master and servant. And yet the main, the main Nusach of the Brach is Melech. We substitute Akela Kaddish with Melech Kaddish and so on. Melech seems to be the overriding point. So one Teretz is, one, one Teretz that the Morale says, it's an important Teretz in its own right, just a parenthetical Teretz. He says, an Odoin and an Evet is a very powerful relationship. In other words, he has total domination on the Evet. But what makes the Odin into an Odin is no quality but the fact that he owns the Evet. The relationship is that which gives title to the master. You, a person can't say, I'm a big, I own a lot of real estate, I just don't have any, I, don't, I just don't own any land. I'm really a big, I'm really big into real estate, I just don't own land. The word doesn't mean anything. You can't be a real estate magnet and, and you don't own any land. You can't say you're a big slaveholder, you just don't happen to have any slaves. The, the description of master is something which, which, which the slave being owned gives him his title. The title does not, the owner, the master has no right to the title, does not have the title unless there's a slave there. Which means that it's a limiting title to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu exists in as much as we exist. If someone describes, if you ask to describe HaKadosh Baruch Hu in uh, as accurate a title as possible, and you say master of the universe, then you are shortchanging him. Because you're saying if there's no universe, then you've automatically, uh, you've defined him out of existence. If someone is a master of the universe and there's no universe around, there's no master around. A king is someone who is chosen because of qualities, he's chosen to be a king over people. A melech is someone who possesses qualities which make him a melech, but his, his kingdom is not realized until he doesn't have a, 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 a kingdom. In other words, you can, you've heard of kings in exile, governments in exile, uh, a, a prince that's been deposed is still called a prince. 
Someone who is wealthy and is poor is not, is not a wealthy man in exile. He's a pauper. A king in exile, so long as he's rightfully recognized as having the qualities or whatever it is that gave, that gave him kingship, is a king in exile. He's a king who's lost his malchus. But the king itself is a quality, it's a quality of rulership that's inherent in the ruler, regardless of whether he's ruling anybody or not. The qualities are there in the person. Naturally, someone who takes a, a, a country by force and he forces the people to do whatever he says, that's not a king, that's a master with slaves. But we're talking someone that the people chose him as king over himself because of his qualities. That, that is what's called melech. Anything else is called maishal. When if, if you take that relationship of Evid and Odin and stretch it over a nation, a tyrant is not a melech. Or, uh, let's put it this way, a tyrant who's gotten his way by force and rules only by force, not by any popular support, is an Odin and an Evid. So therefore, he says, on Rosh Hashanah we recognize not, not Akarish Baruch Hu within the narrow confines of our relationship. When I say Akarish Baruch Hu is master of me, it means that I cannot perceive Akarish Baruch Hu bigger than I am. I am me, I, that's the world to me, and I say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is master of me, I've given the biggest description I'm capable of giving. On Rosh Hashanah, we call HaKadosh Baruch Hu Melech, which means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, His rule over us is inherent in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It has nothing to do with the fact that we're the ones who have to be His subjects. That's the, that's where the morale explains the difference between a Melech-Am relationship to an evid Odin relationship. But I'd like to touch on a different point. A master and slaves don't form any larger relationship. In other words, when you have, what do you call that whole entity of a master and a slave? There's no name for it. A master and a slave is someone who owns slaves. That's it. The slave has an owner, the owner has slaves. There is no third, uh, there's no overall greater relationship generated by this. Just like if I own a table of chairs, there's nothing. You'll ask me, what do I possess? I possess a table and chairs. The, that new uh, entity that was created by buying a table and chairs does not exist. I don't call myself any differently now that I own tables and chairs. A kingdom means that it's where, the, when the pieces come together, there is a new entity called a kingdom. A nation is not a master with servants. That is... Uh, 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 that is an estate with a lot of servants, like a lot of cows. It's not any different. When we speak of Malchus, when we speak of HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a Melech and a Am, it means that the relationship produces a new relationship which is greater, so to speak, than any one part of it. A Malchus, a kingdom, is not a million people. It's a nation. A nation is an entity that's formed by having a lot of people coalescing into one unit. So the Malchus, as opposed to another relationship of Evet and Adon, is a relationship that when everything falls into place, a greater whole is created. Now, it requires two aspects. First of all, you have to have a central point around which all the pieces gel. You can't have a kingdom when people don't have anything in common. You can't speak of a German nation if there's no common denominator of, all, of, of, every German people, of every German person. You can't speak of 
an ethnic group. You can't speak of a group. There has to be some, in order to say that it's one group, there has to be one point that around which everything centers. And everything shows this point. When we speak of a... In other words, the, the concept of a German nation, whatever, whatever character traits determine a German nation, that is the focal point for Germany. Anyone who relates to that concept, who shows it somehow, who has it in him somewhat, is part of this nation. So you need one definable point to, that this describes the core, or this is the common denominator for the nation as a whole, for the group as a whole, and then each part that, that is in this mesh, in this group, possesses and relates to the central point. For us, it's Melech. HaKadosh Baruch as Melech means we've made him the central point of Klal Yisrael. When, if I, um, when you have HaKadosh Baruch as a Melech, that's when you can have Klal Yisrael as a nation. It's not possible to have a nation if they're not centered around the same thing. In the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu provides the center point for Klal Yisrael, that's HaKadosh Baruch Hu as Melech for Klal Yisrael. Klal Yisrael, when everything when they themselves and everything around them falls into place where they belong in this kingdom, now you have a Malchus. For instance, let's take an example of an army. If you have an army, an army is the most centralized, the most cohesive unit that we can think of. If I say that the, this is an army base, it requires two things, or any army. You need one commander-in-chief that gives orders, if you have two commanders-in-chief with the same amount of, with equal rights, you don't have one unit. You cannot have one cohesive unit. And everyone associated with the army has to be under his control. If there is some units floating in and out that are not under, at least on some hierarchical level, are not under the, under the order of the commander-in-chief, then you don't have an army again. Then you have a gesellschaft, you have a, a, a club. It's not an army. You, you must have the focal point at head, and you have to have the parts and pieces, each one having his place. An army has the people working in the field, and the tank support, and the air force, and naval. Everything has its, it falls into its place. Before it's given a place where it fits in, you don't have an army. Then you have just a, a mass of recruits. To give them an army means each one has a slot that he fits into this overall structure. That's how it's realized. Now, when you had the Bria as a whole, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world, nothing in the Bria, nothing in the Bria had the ability to relate to Malchus Yisbarach. Nothing within the Bria has in it that life force, or that Seichel, or that Neshama, whatever part it is that locks it into HaKadosh Baruch Hu and makes it part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Malchus, it was not capable of finding it. The world, until the sixth day, until the sixth day, the world was a random collection of bits and pieces. Period. Just like if someone builds up a, a, a neighborhood without people living in it, someone builds up a ghost town, a crackpot, then, then you can't say this is the bus stop. It's not a bus stop for anybody. I just put up things there. It's when you have the point that everything is headed for there, that's when everything gets its meaning. So the world, until the sixth day, did not have any semblance of Malchus Yisbarach. There was no Malchus in the world manifest. 
It says, the, there's a, the, the Shir Shalyoim that we say on Friday is Hashem Molach, Geus Lavish. That's the Shir Shalyoim. It's a Mishnah in Tamid. And uh, it's also a Medrash in Pikir Eblaza. And it's explained over there that the reason why we say Hashem Molach on Friday is because when man was created, which was Friday, that's when Hashem Molach. Akash Baruch had total control of the Bria until the sixth day. There was no problem with controlling the Bria. Akash Baruch created everything, everything exists in his will. But there was no, the idea of Malchus, the idea that there's a relationship between the two where these pieces relate back to, to Akash Baruch, that didn't exist until man was not created on Friday. So when Akash Baruch, the point of Ayyipar Pa'apov, when Akash Baruch, uh, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu instilled that Nekuda in man, which makes a man, that's when Hashem Malach. That is the point of Malchus HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it's interesting that the end part of Hashem Malach, the end part of it is Mikoilo Ismayim Rabim. Water is the most, the prime part of the Bria. Water is, 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 is the part of the Bria that everything comes from. The water was solidified, it became Shemayim, it became Mayim, it became Oret, it became... It's the primal element, the most uh, inanimate element of the Bria. The elementary building block was water. When Adam said, Hashem Molach, when Adam was created, even the Mayim Rabbim also began to reflect the Malchus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When man is there to see Malchus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in Mayim Rabbim, so even water at that point begins, the Bria as a whole begins to reflect HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Malchus, and 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 the the malchus means and every part once you have man there like the Mesil Sharm says that every part of the bria is there for man to use once every part of the bria once man is there every part of the bria fits into place. Now, there one more point along this line, just to uh, this point of malchus being another being a larger entity. There's one more point that's important to understand. What's required for Malchus? You cannot, if someone is a zookeeper, you cannot say that he is the king of the kingdom of animals. You, there's no connecting point between him and the animals. This is Rav Hutna makes, the Rav Hutna says this in a Mayim Pach Yitzchak on, on uh, he's, he's referring back, people say, that you need the difference. It's very famous. It's said from the Goyen. Earlier people said it. That Malchus is something that is Beratzain. To have a Malchus, you must have the will of the people. To have a, a Moishal, means a ruler or a, dict- a tyrant, you don't need the will of the people. So Moishal is describing absolute rule, not from the people. It's an enforced rule upon the people. Malchus describes an absolute rule from the people. So he says like this. So he says it has a deeper understanding of why it's like that. Since Malchus forms a new relationship, we, a Malchus means everything clicks in and now you have the kingdom of, of uh, England. All Englishmen became, they formed one nation around some central figure. It can only be if they have a connecting point between the Melech and the Malchus. If man is man, and animals are animals, no matter how much he rules over them, you can't call this entity a malchus. 
So therefore, if you force someone into, if you coerce someone into listening to you, that's not a malchus, because you, you two are separate units. There's no unifying factor. The fact that he's doing what you want is other than an avid relationship. It's not malchus. So you need Rutzen produces the common denominator that allows a new entity called a malchus. Man was given dominion over animals. It's not called malchus. It's called redu and mishoel. Because he can only force animals to do what he wants. He can, he can give each one his place. But there is no malchus yet be, between him and the animals. On, man is the only part of the Bria that's kavayochel betzelem elekim. Only when the Bria betzelem elekim comes down is it shayach to have a malucha of akarishpochu in the world. Now the world has a will in it. It has a common denominator kavayochels between the world and HaKadosh which allows a Malchus in the world. So again, this is a, a, a deeper point. This, is, this Rav Hutner basically says, along and, and another, another aspect of the same point. Since a Malchus means you now have, since a Melech and the Am produce a Malchus now, you must have a common denominator so that, that the Melech is, is, is within the nation, the focal point of it. Until you didn't have Adam in the Bria, until you didn't have Adam there to serve as a common denominator, to serve as a Tzel Malakim, which could be a Malchus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Bria could not have Hashem as Malach. So at the moment that Hashem was Vayipach Ba'apov, at that very moment that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was Nefeach Ba'apov, and he, and he made Adam into Tzel Malakim, at that very moment was the concept of Melech HaKadosh Baruch Hu applicable. Mamish at Briyas Adam. Hashem Molach was at the point of Ayyipach Ba'apov. Now, so, so the concept of Malchus that we speak of Rosh Hashanah, the concept of Malchus that we speak of in, when we say Malchus, doesn't mean just HaKadosh Baruch Hu as all-powerful. It doesn't mean HaKadosh Baruch Hu as sole ruler only. It doesn't mean HaKadosh, a recognition HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a God. It means understanding that the world is in a relationship of Melech and Malchus. That the meaning in everything is because it's part of this Malchus. Getting back to the, to, to the questions, so why is this called the first day of the Bria? Why is this called a, a, uh, the beginning of creation? It's true it's the beginning of Malchus, but why is it the beginning of creation? The Teretz is like this. Everything, nothing in the Bria, Be'etzim, has any validity. A Bria implying that things have some sort of own validity is not, since HaKadosh Baruch Hu is always everywhere, anytime, nothing in the Bria could be called outside of him, so to speak. Nothing could be called a separate entity. It's only when Adam was given now, in order to create a Malchus, a melech with a malchus, you need, so to speak, another point outside of the melech. In order for the melech to have a dominion to rule over, to express his own malchus, you have to have some outside point. That's when the concept of an outside point became into, it came into being. A bria means, a creation means, something, so to speak, separate from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The word Beis in Aramaic is, means outside. Barmihachia, bra means outside, braisas, those, those parts of the Mishnah that were outside. A creation means that something separate, something in its own was created. 
so long as you had only physical objects, you could not call them something separate. When you created a, a something which has to come into relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you must have something which is apart from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You can't rule over something that's just part of you yourself. So at the moment of Briya Sa'ilam, at the moment that you created man, that's when it's proper to say Hayyim Haras Oilam. With the concept of Melech and Am, when you have this concept of Melech relating to someone, an Eved, Mashakona Eved Kona Rabbi, a servant, a slave can't buy anything of his own. He doesn't have his, he's not his own. You can't call a servant a separate entity. He's bound to his Odin. And, and a lot of halachas, I mean, all the halachas of Eved reflect this relationship that he's just another yad of the, of the, of the balabayas. And Eved doesn't count as a separate person for anything. It's part of, it's, it's uh, for instance, if I say, uh, I sent you a letter, so you'll say, no, the mailman gave it to me. The mailman is me, it's not the mailman, is not his own entity. A slave is someone who's part and parcel of the owner, and in no way can you call this a new creation, a new entity. So until you didn't have this type of relationship of Melech and Malchus, until you didn't have a Bria which in its own right would have to relate to the Melech, it would have to have a Selam Elakim in order to be able, in order that a Baruch Hu's Malchus be part and parcel of the same set, of the same species. It had to have a will so that the Malchus should come out through will rather than through force. You didn't have a separate Bria yet. It was, it was, everything was like Adnan and Evid. So at the moment of Bria Sa'ilam, at that moment of, 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 of when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Nefeach Be'apav, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu instills in man the Tzalem Alekim, that's when it's, it's Hashem Malach, and that's when you have Zayim Tchilos Masecha, and that's where you have Hayyim Haras Oilam. All these descriptions are correct in its place. So Malchus is, generally speaking, Malchus is the re- let's say, the recognition or the bringing the awareness or reliving that point of beginning, that point where Kaddish Baruch Hu, where it was Hashem Molach, and the Bria in essence is a reflection, is all Malchus. Every part of the Bria has in itself the Malchus, it belongs in its place. That's what Malchus is. The, what's the Chrynus? When a person, we, was, we spoke before about, you know, when we spoke about Malchus, we described a situation where you have the focal point is the Melech, and he expresses himself through the, the various creations. Through, it, it, he expresses himself in all the disparate objects. He, dis, he expresses himself with his Malchus. For instance, just like, just to get the muscle clear, like an army. You have the chief, commander, or the nation who's holding the army, and every unit in the army reflects somewhere how it's related. This person is a general, and this person is part of the troops, and this person supplies food to the troops, and this person takes care of the office work for the people, but everyone has this part. This is all on, on, on a, on a, at one point in time. That same relationship, taking it in the dimension of time, Something happened at a certain point. Now it's a day later. Now it's, an, now it's a year later. And so on and so forth. What keeps... 
what keeps the, the, that focal point of beginning, the beginning of it even later? For instance, let's say someone, uh, let's take an example. Someone came to, to Yiddishkeit, someone was attracted by, he never saw anything Jewish, he once walked into a, a reformed temple and he heard some things that moved him. And he becomes a Bentayra, he becomes a Bentayra. Becomes, becomes At the moment that he was turned on, it's correct to say that this is now the spark that everything is around. That's why he went here and that's why he went there. But ten years later, I cannot call that point, I can no longer call that point this person's focal point. He's long rejected it, he's long forgotten it, he's long turned against it. The person, it, 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 chronologically, you can say that that was his first point. But it does, that point does not exist as my core point today. That's not me anymore. It's like a, a, when a person looks back at some childhood thing that excited him. He looks back and he smiles. It, it, it affects him somewhere, somewhere deep in his conscience. It affects him. But he can't say that this is himself. The koyach, the ability, the thing, that, that point, that, not that point, um, let's call it that fact that is able to connect a past to a future, that is able to retain a, a, a focal point that was once my focal point, further, is called Zechreinus. And again, it's a dual relationship. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, created the world. That was one type of Maise Breshis. That was Maise Breshis as we see it in Breshis. We also say, HaMechadish B'Tuvoy B'Chol Yom Tamit. Each day the world recenters itself around the Breshis. It says, for instance, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created worlds and destroyed them. Uh, it says a, a, a few hundred worlds, Katnai Lomais. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it says, created Va'ama Dein Loyahanili, Dein Loyahanili. I'm not happy with this, I'm not happy with this. And when he came to our world, he said, Dein Ahanili, I'm happy with this. Which means that existence requires two types of Maisabratius. You must have a start at the very beginning, and you must have continuation. Akadosh Baruch Hu as the creator of the world, and Akadosh Baruch Hu as the recreator of the world. It's not a new in the same sense as Breshis, but it's no different in essence. It requires that same type of, of continual, that same Ratzayin. That same will that brought the world into existence has to continue to keep it in existence. It says in the Pasuk, There is no remembrance for the first that were there already. And the Medrash, one of the Medrashim relates this to that type of worlds that were created and destroyed. There were worlds that were not endowed, they were endowed with Bria, they were endowed with Breshis, they weren't endowed with Zikarain. Zikorin means to keep Breshis going further. That's another act of, of Bria called Zikorin. It says, Vayar Lekim, each, each time it says, The Ramban says that Akarish Baruchu's, it's two halves. Akarish Baruch created the world, and when he perceives it as being good, that keeps it going. It's two types of, there's a Bria as, as point A, and there's a Bria point A continuing. Rosh Hashanah is for that reason called the Yom HaZikorin. 
what makes Rosh Hashanah, there were a lot of Rosh Hashanahs in the world. Rosh Hashanahs, Akash Baruch created Tatnai Lamis, it says whatever types of worlds these were. Ruchnis, real world, I don't, it makes no difference. The point is that these worlds had gracious but no Zikarin. Rosh Hashanah is for us the Yom of Zikarin, which means Akash Baruch rethreads, recontinues the thread further. That's what we mean when we say that like it says here, why should you say Zechreinus? It means that same toiv, that same rutzen, that same will, that same purpose that started creation, that Akash Baruch had in mind to start creation, Akash Baruch wants, we ask that Akash Baruch when you remember somebody, what does it mean? How I remember him? I, it means what I consider was really him and what I consider was not him. If, if I remember about a person the good things and I forget some of the other things, it means that I perceive this person as being basically good and, and, and that's why those things I look at him as this is his core essence and, and, and the other things I look on as things that happened to come along the way and fell off. If I look at the person as being basically a schlock, as being a bad person, so that's what, if I remember that, if that sticks in memory means that I, for me now, this is the person. Everything else is just, is, is just uh, tagged onto him, and it's not really him. So when we ask for Zikarin, when we ask for Zikarin on Rosh Hashanah, it means, and we have all the Psukim, it means that today, 5,700 years later, after Bria Soilam, we want the same point, that same setup of Malchus and Malchius and, and, and Zikaron Latoyev to continue further also. So Zikaron is the next step that brings Malchius to us. Now, Zikaronis has in it a qualifier. It says, how should we have Zikaronis? It says we should have Zikaronis through Shaifa. Why Shaifa? What Shaifa? Why Shaifa? And how does Shaifa bring it back? The when a when a person when a person speaks, so I get a feel of two things. Someone comes to me and he says he's in a he's in a bad matziv. He needs money. He's starving. He's cold. Doesn't know where to live, and so on and so forth. So I hear what he has to say. That's those are the words. But what gives me a feeling if this person is genuine or not? What gives me a feeling about the person is his voice rather than what he says. What he says is, is informative, but how he says, the coil of the person is, is the person, it's, it's, a, it's the person himself speaking, so to speak. You can prepare a speech, but it's hard. Coil is much harder to, to mimic or to falsify. If you, uh, if you think about it, it's a very interesting point. Akarish Baruch Hu created a person, it says how? It says, Vayipach Be'apav. Akarish Baruch Hu instilled a breath in a person. How, so we have like this. The core point, so what Akarish Baruch Hu put into the person, that, that point of life is called a breath of life. It's Vayipach Be'apav. That's a breath. A person is made, like the Targum says, the famous Targum, a person is made to speak. 
In other words, speech is what marks a person as living because he's meant to take that breath of life out of himself and to, and to uh, place it in the world. He's, ex he's expected to take it and use it. A person takes that breath out of himself and he tells people what to do. And, and, and he places, he puts everything into, into its place by the Koyach of Dibur. I, I won't elaborate, it's a point in itself. But you have three stages. The first thing is when the person's breath, that's what comes first. As it passes through its, his throat, it picks up a voice, it picks up coil. And when it comes through the mouth, it picks up Dibur. So you have the breath starts as a breath. If I want to determine if a person is living or not, then I do it by, by breath. If, if a person is breathing, then Allah is living. That's the only Allah way to determine if a person is living or not. That's why breathing is important. It's not a question of... Since life is called in the Torah, so that is the reflection of whether or not he's living. Halachically defined living is breathing. But that itself, breath is not perceived by anyone, except for a doctor waiting to see if he died. But breath itself can't come out of a person in any way. So it passes on through coil. And coil reflects more. Uh, it, it, it's already, the, the breath took on some qualities. The breath took on some sort of uh, uh, it additives to it. But again, it's still close to the person. It, the heart is what determines, and the feelings of the person is what determine his voice and, and the sound of his voice. As it goes through the mouth, it now the seichel imposes its words on it. The seichel gives it words, and now it's capable of fully expressing itself outside. So when I want to relate to the world outside, I do it naturally through dibur. I have to be able to clearly enunciate what I have in mind, what I want done. I have to give instructions and so on and so forth. When I want to, when I want to bring back the zikaron, when I want to bring back that element, when I want to call out to Hakadosh Baruch Hu with my, with the core, with that core point of my existence, the only way to call out is to go down a step or to go down two steps. On Rosh Hashanah, we're davening with koil and not with dibur alone. We say Machis Yechonis Hashayfa is with dibur, but Kiya Shayfa is an expression of koil. It's an expression where I'm able to speak to Hakadosh Baruch Hu much closer to something which is my real mitzvahs. That same point of gracious, that same point of gracious that I won't remember today. I want Hakadosh Baruch Hu to focus on that uh, on that uh, spark of of al Kaimimal. That point comes through call clearer than through deeper and more. There was one person. What happens is the more the, the more that that breath of life picks up additives of the person, the less true it is to that person. There is one person who totally subjugated himself to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a way that meant he was totally battled HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's Yitzchak. Yitzchak was someone who, he was the first one, he went on to the Akedah, a total self-negation to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's a carbon. From the point of Akedah onwards, Yitzchak is Kula Lashem. There's nothing left of Yitzchak that's himself, that's selfish. Zero. Yitzchak is Kula Lashem, Kula Kadesh. Yitzchak Avinu 
is someone who was blind. It says a blind person considered as if he's dead. Akadosh Baruch does not call his name, does not lend his name to a living person because Akadosh Baruch doesn't add anything to his name. He doesn't add any. A person is there and is bad to him and there's and there's. Uh, you know, there's something mikushim to him. Yitzchak Avinu, Hakadosh Baruch gave him his name when he was living because Yitzchak is Hakadosh Baruch It's Kula Kaidish. It's Kaidish Kadashim. There's nothing there of Yitzchak that is Yitzchak himself. It's all Hashem. And that's incidentally why there's so little said about Yitzchak. In uh, Yitzchak didn't do very much in the world because he's Kula Hashem. He had very he had no point of contact with the world. He was Kula Kadash and Oila Samim. We're able to take that that Eilu Shal Yitzchak, the Shefer, which is the Eil Shal Yitzchak. I remember means that by by taking the breath of that same uh, breath of life of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and instead of passing it through our throat, which means adding, diluting those qualities of 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 of, of Ruach Aleikim, of Nishmas Aleikim, we pass it through Shefer Shal Yitzchak. So that so in that is the ultimate we can get. In bringing out the nishmas that vayipach ba'apov in in through in expressing that to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, the zikaron the zikaron that we bring to Hakadosh Baruch Hu is something that is something that we have to do it through our deepest point possible, and that is about taking vayipach and bringing it through the shayfrei through the ayel shal yitzchak and expressing ourselves that way. That that is an expression that's emes. So now we have. So now we have all the fa- all, we have the three units, the three units of Shemayin Esra coming together as one. You have the first thing is on the day that Akadosh Baruch Hu expressed his Malchus, on the day that the Bria as a whole began to become Malchusa Yisbarach, albeit hidden, but still that that's what happened at that moment. That's the moment when we proclaim Malchus. We proclaim Akadosh Baruch Hu as Melech. And the world as a malchus and a relationship of, a, of, of an am with a relationship of a melucha. We bring it today in time. We bring it to us in time uh, a, a, uh, by the midah of zikaron. The midah of zikaron is a midah that Hakadosh Baruch Hu put into the bria to give the bria continuity. And the continuity is by keeping alive that first moment always as the prime point of the Bria, that's how we bring, that Zechreinus brings the Malchus through us. The way in which we do it, how are we capable of bringing to us HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Malchus, bringing to us HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, that, that, that Maluchet, how do we reawaken that feeling within us? The way to do it is by expressing ourselves with that same breath of life that is our core essence. We don't express ourselves with Dibur, because Dibur is a, is, is a lot of additives. We don't even express ourselves purely with Koyal. We're able to blow through the Shoifel Shayitzchak, that same Vayipach Ba'apov, we use our breathing, the, the same breath HaKadosh Baruch puts in us, we bring it back to HaKadosh Baruch again. And that's through Shoifel Shayitzchak, because if we're looking for some instrument, some vessel, that we can express ourselves clearly, Without being affected at all by the, without being reflected at all by the by the uh, by the surroundings, that is shayfus shayitzchak. There's another one more point. A shayfus worth mentioning. The uh, 
the uh, it says the Zoya says when you speak about the Zoya before Tkir Shafer, you there's there's a there's an, a phenomenal he doesn't say, he doesn't speak about it in in, in the terms of the Lemaisa, but when you, there, there is a there is a, a tremendous koyach in the bria. There's one time when there's one type of 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 koyach in the bria that can bring everything in line with some central theme, whether it likes it or not, and that is the power of resonance. If you have two items that have the same frequency, and you uh, bang on one, whatever it is. Anything that has the same frequency that's in contact with it will 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 give off the same tone. It it's something that, in other words, looking at it from the outside, if I strike home at its core properties, I'm able to bring it in line. If I'm singing, it's going to sing with me. If I'm blowing, it's going to blow with me. It vibrates together with 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 the with that frequency. It says whatever it means. It says when we blow on a shayfa. Over here, we awaken Kaviyachal, the sh- big Shaifa Lamala. Akarish Baruch also has a Shaifa to bring back into the Bria the Zikaran. The Shaifa of Mashiach means that for the Bria, which is long forgotten and been covered with dust and encrusted c- again and again, we have a Shaifa. Akarish Baruch has his Shaifa that he blows, that loosens everything and forces the Bria to harmonize with him. It, it, he awakens in us the zikar, and our memory of what we really are is awakened to us by the Shafer Gadol that will blow by Yemahu. We can start the process when we, if we blow purely, a pure note, a note that's in perfect uh, harmony, in perfect, with, with the note of Shafer Shamashiach, then the Shafer Shamashiach blows along with us. That Shafer, the Koyach of Koyal is not only that it brings out in me my most basic points. It brings out the real me. If I bring out the real me, it will bring out the real me in everybody. Just like if you see a lot of people, if you're Makarov people, logical arguments sway people a little bit. They help bring them in. They help convince. But what people relate to is when they find something they feel is genuine. This is what a person is supposed to look like, and this person is him. Most people re- reflect around the person of em- around a person who they feel is emis or an emis person. The, shay- the when a person blows a koil shayfa with with a type with with, with nothing but his vayipach ba'apov, nothing but that that koyach, then his ma'ir the the the, the big shayfa of Mashiach which reawakens the bria as a whole. So this is Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is a day that a person, it's not, it's, it's tshuva at a much more basic level than any protistic Avera. It means not believing in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It means not subjugating yourself. It means understanding that the world is no more than a vessel for expressing HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If the world expresses it, then the world is living. It's, it's, it's breathing the breath of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If the world is not breathing that, it's just like a hand. If you cut off the, the, the blood supply to it, the hand is dead. A hand is a hand only as long as, it's, as, it, as the life force from the person is flowing in it. The Bria was not a Bria until, until the day when HaKadosh Baruch Hu was, was Vayipach Pa'apov in man, 
and man became the focal point for the Bria. A per, it means trying to understand that a person has to remold his goals, his ideals. What am I? And for what am I? And who am I? In the terms that everything is malchus. A person has in himself a chalik of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and if he succeeds in bringing it out, then he's found himself. If he doesn't succeed in bringing it out, then he's found nothing but a piece of meat that will rat one day. If the person utilizes everything around him to bring out the Vayipach Ba'apov that he can bring out in it, then he's given life to everything around him. If not, he's discarded it to the rubbish heap. The meat of Zikar and of Zikarinus is to relive it again, to re-bring it, to revitalize it in a person. And Shefa is, and that's why we only misspell for life. Zikarinu L'chaim is the only real tefillah we say on Rosh Hashanah, because that is what we... The day, on the day that we perceive that nothing exists, but the Vayipach Ba'apov, there's nothing else to ask for. Everything else is already, is only, a, you, life is the only thing that exists. Everything else is only a vessel for life to express itself through. And Shafer is the ability, when man takes that breath, that Vayipach, and he's able to bring it out pure, he's able to bring it out emis. That's when it's Ma'ayr, the big Shaifa Shal Mashiach, which awakens the Briant entirely. You have been listening to Aishaudio.com. For information about our online services, visit our website. To contact one of our representatives, write to Aishaudio at Aish.com. Shalom from Jerusalem.